if I were to want to know what I looked like, there are a few different things I could do to make that happen. Well, one of the things I could do is I could uh, somewhat imagine it, and I could draw what I look like. And so if I took the time to do that, maybe I would find a sheet of paper like this, and I would draw myself. And maybe I would draw something that looked like this. And you'd probably go, well, Rob, that doesn't really look like you. And I would say, you are absolutely right. I don't smile that much, so I might be more like this. Still, it doesn't really look like me. I'm not an artist. Some of you are. And so maybe for some of you, if you did want to show people what you look like or to express that in some way, you could do that with art. You could paint a picture. You could draw a drawing, and it would look like you. I don't have those skills. So if I want to know what I look like, I can't just draw myself. Actually, what I would probably do is I would find myself a mirror. It would make a lot more sense because then I could get an accurate reflection of who I really am. I could see my hair, my eyes, my beard. I could see everything. I could see who I am. Because that's what a mirror does. It reflects an image. And that image is an accurate reflection. It highlights everything that's there in front of it. And that's going to bring us to our big church word this morning, which might not seem like a big church word, but it actually is a profound church word. And that is the image of God. And this idea of the image of God is a concept that comes throughout Scripture that helps us to know who we really are and who God is, and why that all matters. In fact, it's one of the first things that's said about human beings, is that they are made in the image of God. And so in Genesis chapter 1, in the creation poem that's written there, it says this, starting at verse 26. Then God said, after creating everything, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful And increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. When God created humanity, he said, you are made in my image. For a lot of us, when we think about that, it can be a very confusing concept. For a long time in the history of the church, people thought that was a physical image. So when they would paint pictures of God, they looked like, it always looked like people. When they would try to represent God in some way, it was a human being shape. And while there's nothing wrong with trying to represent God in some way, the idea of being the image of God has nothing to do with our physicality. In fact, because God is spirit, There is nothing physical to be reflecting in that way. 
But when God says he made us in his image, he's saying something incredibly important. As he creates everything and brings order to chaos, nothing is made in his image, though it's all done by him. No animal, no plant, no planet. But God makes human beings in his image. And as he makes human beings in his image, he's defining their purpose. The concept and the language that gets used for the image of God is more like a reflection of God, like a mirror. That we are, as humanity, meant to be a reflection of who God is to everything around us. That human beings were given a purpose that as this reflection, they are to care for that which God created. The language of subdue and rule, for a lot of us, we hear it as a very aggressive, dominant language. But in the character of God and the character of Scripture, it's more about care and compassion for all of creation. When God creates humanity in his image, he makes us to be a reflection of him in his goodness, in his love, in his care for everything that he made. But, unfortunately, the story of humanity doesn't stop with God making us in his image. Unfortunately, if some of you have read through scripture and as we've talked about before, we as people decided that we had better ideas than what God had in mind. And so while we were made to be this reflection, something went wrong. In the story in, that follows of Adam and Eve in the garden, we see how humanity is tempted to go their own way, to disobey God, to make themselves like God, even though they were already in his image, to make them to be something they were never meant to be. And what ends up happening is that image ends up not being what it was always meant to be. As people sin, there's still the image of God. But the truth of it is, now that we are making this decision and sin enters the picture, we are the broken image of God. No longer were we the way we were always meant to be. We still reflected God, but it is cracked and broken. And not the way it was supposed to be. Humanity made the decision and sin enters into the picture. And we become distorted in that image. We are the broken image of God. As we follow the story of scripture, that which was created by God and good, us, humanity, who had a purpose and a role, started to misunderstand that more and more because of sin. And we see through Scripture how people start disrespecting that image in each other. The story that follows Adam and Eve is about their sons, where one becomes jealous and kills the other. Stories go on, more and more people disrespect, distort that image of God. God created us to be his reflection in all of creation, to exhibit his character in everything we do. Sin enters the picture, that image becomes broken. But God's not done with us there. 
In fact, God still desires us to be that fixed, broken image of God. In Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writes this, and I like the way the New Living Translation says it. He says that we are God's masterpiece, that we are created in Christ Jesus for good things he planned for us long ago. You are God's work of art. You are his reflection, his image. Just as a sculptor, as a painter, when they create and it's beautiful, it is a reflection of who they are into that art. You are God's work of art. The word that gets used in Greek is poema, which is like an epic poem. Like you are this beautiful song that he has written. And that as he is written, there is purpose to it. Just as God in the initial stages of creating humanity says, you are meant to rule, to subdue all of creation. You're meant to care for it. You are to be in right relationship with creation, with each other, with God. You have purpose. God has plans for you. God has reasons for you in your existence. You are his work of art, his masterpiece that he made and has had plans for you for a long time time. Going back to Genesis, the plans to care for everything that he has made, to care for each other, to care for creation, to to care for him, and have those right relationships. We may have been broken, but we are still made in that image. So every single person is made in that image. And they're Tons of people that we know, I'm sure there are people, there might even be people in the room watching with you who you think, wow, they're a really broken image of God. Sometimes people are very hard to love, but it doesn't mean they're not worth loving. Sometimes people do things that we completely disagree with, or we think they're out of their mind, but it doesn't mean they're not made in that image of God. It doesn't mean that they're not that masterpiece, that work of art that God has plans for. Just because maybe they are pro-protest or against protest. Maybe they are educated. Maybe they are uneducated. Maybe they are rich. Maybe they are poor. Maybe they are born in Canada. Maybe they are born somewhere else. Maybe they have a different skin color than you. It doesn't mean they are not made in the image of God. Everyone is made in the image of God. And because of that, everyone has an intrinsic value because they are the reflection of the Creator. They have purpose, they have value, they have meaning just because they exist. From the youngest child to the oldest person, everyone is made in that image. And everyone has value and is worth loving and caring for. You and me were made in that image. Whether we agree or we disagree, nothing changes the value that you have just because who made you. Maybe you don't see it. Maybe there's times when you look in an actual mirror and what you see is not the goodness of God that maybe you want to see. It doesn't change that the goodness of God is there. It doesn't change that you're made in his image. Last week, Andre shared a great sermon around uh, uh, soteriology, is is the word he used, talking about salvation and salvation by faith. In that world of 
communication and in theology, uh, there are three words that we use about a person as they're on that journey to what God has for them. And the first word that we use, and these are going to be really big words, is justification. That God has made us right with him, and that is through Christ. That Christ has made us right with him through the cross. That through his death and resurrection, he has made a way for us to be in right relationship with God again. Through the forgiveness of sins and for the healing of who we are. And that once we are justified, which is a lot of what Andre talked about, it's done by faith. There's a process that continues. And the next word is sanctification. We are becoming more and more who God has meant us to be. That we are restoring that image with him. The first work of justification is a work of God alone. The work of sanctification is something we join with God on. We become more and more like him as we work on that relationship. As we choose to allow the Holy Spirit to also work on us. And then it ends in glorification. Again, a work of God that is to come, that everything is made right and we hope and long for in the future. You and me, most of us, were actually in that sanctification piece. There's a part of us being made new every day to be more and more who we've always been meant to be as the image bearers of God, the reflection of who God is to the world around us. It is a progressive work that is happening in us when we allow God to work in us, when we allow the Holy Spirit to be with us. The word that gets used in Genesis uh, when God is saying that he's made humanity in his image, he says to be fruitful and to multiply. A lot of us see that, or to, to grow in number. So a lot of us see that, we go, well, yeah, it's about having kids, and sure, there's, there's that aspect to it, but the word fruitful is so important. To be fruitful is to grow, is to be who you are meant to be, to fulfill your purposes. Throughout Scripture, the imagery of fruit gets used. Jesus uses it about uh, fruits on vine to be connected to him to grow. The Apostle Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, how God working in us, this sanctification piece, the work of God and us together, turns into something. We should be growing in some way in, in these attributes and these virtues that he has for us. You are to be fruitful as image bearers of God. And that is to be with God in right relationship because he has done the work, that salvation by faith that Andre shared with us, that justification, that now we take that step to journey with him, to become more and more like him, to follow him as we hope and anticipate what is to come. The Apostle Paul really is the one who outlines this best for us. In one of his letters to the church, he wrote this in Colossians chapter 3. He says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So that word justification, that's what he's saying. Because you've been raised with Christ, you have been justified. You've been made right with God. You should bring your focus, this is a progressive movement that you do, not on the things of this world, but on the things of God. What does God value? What is most important to God? Are your thoughts, 
your emotions, your eyes focused on those things. He says, put away those other things of this world. Focus on what is of God. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That future hope. You are no longer who you were once you are in Christ. You've been made right. You've been justified. That broken image begins to be restored. And progressively, we journey with God, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us, to become more and more that restored image, to the point when everything is made right in time. He says, put to death. This is, this is what it means to journey with God in sanctification, to make the choice to work with God, to become who you're meant to be. He says, put to death, just get rid of, just let it die, don't engage it, don't let it live, don't let this part be fruitful, you don't want this. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. So he's saying, hey, you used to say this was no problem, but these are a problem. And the wrath of God is coming against it. So next week, we're going to be talking a lot more specifically, what is the wrath of God? So we'll have to wait on to that for next week. He says, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. So he gave the big ones before. He's like, hey, you should know this. You should know you're not supposed to do this. You used to do these things. Don't do them anymore. He says, but now... Now, get rid of these things in yourself. So this is your work. You do this work too. God is working in you. You join with God. This is progressive sanctification. Rid yourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. That's not just swearing. It's, it's to speak ill of people, of things. That is filthy language. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. That image of God is being renewed because you've let go of your old self, that broken image. You don't want to be that anymore because you know that Christ has made a better way for you to have a fullness of life, that fruitfulness that God promised. You can have it in Christ. So you put away these things. You, you don't entertain them. You do what you can. And yes, we do make mistakes. We do mess up. Sometimes we get angry or fly into rage and we don't mean to. But sometimes it happens. And thankfully there is forgiveness when that happens. But we keep doing the work to join with God, to enter into this relationship and to keep this relationship going so that we work on these things to go, okay, how do I not be this person? God is working with you, on you. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. You are made in the image of God. 
Every person is made in the image of God. And because of that, when we put on Christ, when we accept his justification, that image becomes more and more renewed. And all of us have to do this work. He's saying there's no difference between us. All of us are made in God's image. There's, there's value in our cultures. There's value in where we've come from, and we can learn from that, and that's a good thing to celebrate. But the reality is that in Christ, we are all being a restored image more and more. And we join with him in doing this. This is progressive sanctification. The work that God's doing in our lives that we join with him in. So he says, you put away all these things, these negative things. You don't do them. You don't engage in it. You don't entertain it. You put it away. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, so completely separate is the key word there, holy, and dearly loved, clothe yourself. So you take off this old self. Now you clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You put away these wrong things, these things that are not the good image of God, and you put on these good parts of the image of God. You put on compassion. You demonstrate compassion. You demonstrate kindness. You demonstrate humility, gentleness, and patience. You do the work to bring this more into your life. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against anyone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. We are invited to become more and more what God always intended us to be. It is a progressive work. It's something that we take steps in the right direction to keep doing. As we are here as a church to lead each other into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ one step at a time, these are the steps we take. We put off that distorted image, that anger, that rage, that malice, the deceit, the lies, the filthy language, the sexual morality. And we instead we put on the compassion and the kindness. We put on the virtues that God demonstrated in us, through us, and with us. And most of all, love. And we show that in how we treat each other. Even those that we look at and say, wow, that's a really broken image of God, and have a hard time with, and we struggle to love. We choose to put on love. And as we choose to do that, God works with us to become more and more who we've always been meant to be. That renewed restored reflection of the creator to demonstrate the love and goodness he has for all of creation. So how do you do that? Well, the first thing you need to do is recognize your justification. Recognize what Christ did and how you are saved by the work of Christ on the cross. To admit your disconnect, your sin from God, and accept that he has made a way for you. For some of us, that's our first step. We need to embrace Christ. We need to embrace his sacrifice on the cross. And for some of you, that's your step. You need to recognize that you need Jesus. And once you do recognize that, once you do pray, cry out to God, and as he forgives, as he justifies you, you then do the work of making the choices daily, moment by moment. When you start to get angry, go, why am I getting angry here? Pray, 
God, help me in this moment. Help me to not feel this rage that I feel. Why do I feel like this, God? Help and ask him to reveal to you what's going on. And then make choices, moment by moment, day by day, small choices that lead you in this path of virtue, of love, to be more and more like the God who made you, as you hope and wait for the day when you are glorified and everything is made right. We have some time until then. And in that time, we can take every moment captive and see what God is doing in us, with us, through us, to show how good he is, how loved you and I are, and all of creation is, and what we're always been meant to be. You are made in the image of God. You are his work of art. You are his masterpiece. And he made plans for you. But it's your choice to join him. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you have made us to be your reflection. We are made in your image. And that at times we know that image is broken. It's not the way it's supposed to be. But you have something better in mind, and you always have. And that through Christ, we can be made right with you, and we can join with you to become more and more who you've always meant us to be. I pray for us now, Father, that uh, those of us who are watching online, maybe we're watching right on Sunday, maybe we're watching later on or just listening, that our hearts and our minds are attuned to you, that we turn them towards you. That, Holy Spirit, you help us embrace this truth that you've made us right with you. Nothing we have done has caused that to happen, but we do have to choose it. We have to embrace it. And that we can take steps with you to be more and more who we've always been meant to be. I pray that we become more and more renewed and restored in this image of you. So that the world can know how good you are, how loved they are and that we love them in turn. That no one from any background, any religion, any race, any sexuality is any different. We are all made in this image, your image. And we all have value, and we all are worth loving. Help us to confront our sin, to admit our wrong, and to put away those vices that distort that image of you and us and embrace your virtues to become who we've always been meant to be. I pray that we do that moment by moment, day by day, for all the days of our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.